You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Week 12 preview, predictions, and electric conversation with Alan Bell of CBS Sportsline coming up in a second here on the College Football Daily. Good morning. It is Friday, November 19th. My name is Trey Scott. So I sat next to Alan for like five years in a cubicle every single day, 24-7 sports before the pandemic hit. And we he's a blast to work with, one of my favorite coworkers of, of all time. And I've been totally thrilled to see his career take off with Sportsline, which is uh, it's under the CBS Interactive umbrella, just like 24-7 sports is. So Alan and I are like coworker cousins now, oh, all in the same downtown Nashville office once we totally reopened back up. But Alan is on the Early Edge podcast. Sometimes he hosts the Early Edge podcast. He is an incredible Twitter follow at AlanBell247. I think he won Nashville's best Twitter personality of 2020 or 2021 or something like that. So make sure you give him a follow. We're just keeping the intro really quick here because it's we went about 30 minutes with Alan. It's it's all it's all really good stuff. We're just trying to trying to improve on last week. We went two and one last week. Overall record against the spread this season is 23 and 10 here on the College Football Daily. I will give myself a little bit of kudos last week for for telling you to take Kansas plus 30 and a half, and even suggesting the Kansas money line over Texas might be a profitable play for you. And it certainly was. So we're going to try to do that again, but this time we're going to try to go three and zero. And with Alan's help, power of sports line and data and all of you know, Alan's got a great mind for this stuff. I think we will. So here he is. All right. Alan Bell joins us right now. Alan, uh, I gave everyone in the, in the introduction sort of a rundown of how we know each other. So I think the over-under here on inside jokes that we're we're going we're gonna to try not to give too many of them out during, during this next 15 minutes, but it's like, it's a two and a half. I mean, you and I could sit around and you know, just talk about nothing for a long time, but we're going to try to talk about college football. Oh, oh, dude. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, first off, you know, we have worked together, you know, for so long. And dude, you're one of my favorite people in the world. So, yeah, like we'll try to not go inside baseball on this, but it's probably going to happen. Like Ted Hyman's name is going to come up at some point. So there we go. Well, speaking of him, I, I reached out before the show started and I got his official South Carolina Auburn pick. So I'll give Whoa. that out at the end of the show. South so. Carolina by 65. <laughs> No, the other way around. <laughs> the other way around. Hammer Auburn, but we'll get we'll get to it. All right. So look, you're the good one at this. I, I gotta brag though. I'm 23 and 10 this year. We do three every single week. I'm 23 and 10 against the spread. And it's incredible. You should yeah. absolutely brag about that. All yeah. Right, we're gonna all right. And, and it's it's not just like the Tulane Tulsa. It's like the big games. So the start, let's start with the big one this week, Alan. I, and I think for my from my perspective, the big one's number seven, Michigan State, at number four, Ohio State. Ohio State's a 19-point favorite at noon on ABC. I looked at Sportsline. You guys have so much good data. Michigan State's seven and two against the spread. Ohio State's five and four. I wonder if we're on the same side here. You yeah. tell me what side you're on. So I'm on the side. Okay. So first off, I think the best play on this game is the under. Okay. Because I could see Ohio State going 20 to 20 yard line. I could see Michigan State going 20 to 20 yard line. I could see Michigan State keeping the ball away from, right? Like Mel Tucker saying, well, you're not going to blow us out because I'm not going to let you blow us out. Right. And I'm not saying not on the week I got my $9 million contract. Exactly. That's the last week that you mess around with that right now. Here's the problem. So we've seen Ohio State this year. Do I trust Ohio State to cover 19? No. Do I trust Michigan State to cover 19? No. 
I don't. I got to give Tom Fornelli of CBS Sports, colleague of ours. I got to give him credit on this. A stat that he pulled. Ohio State hasn't covered the last seven straight games that they played before Michigan. Okay, so if we talk about Michigan, like I kind of put it on that, too. Like we're at that point of the year where what teams are looking ahead. Okay, what teams are fighting for, you know, bowl berths, what teams are fighting for conference championship berths. Okay, so we got two weeks basically left in the schedule. Who's looking ahead now? I don't think Ohio State is necessarily looking ahead at Michigan, but maybe they're holding some things back. Long story short, I like the under. I like Michigan State to cover just because it's just such a big number. I love Michigan State to cover. You mentioned going 20 to the 20. I feel like Ryan Day in the big games has a little bit of Lincoln Riley in him. He'll settle for the field goals. Look, I hate it in the moment, but in the fourth quarter, it rolls around and you're like, oh, look at that. His opponent needs two possessions to score. Field goals worked out. I don't think they're covering by 19 and a half. I've been on the wrong side of Ohio State all year. You and I can close our eyes and imagine Stroud to Olave and Wilson and Smith and Jigba and Travion Henderson and just go, they can get that whenever they want it. But if they could get that whenever they wanted it, they would have done that against Nebraska and they would have done that against Penn State. Like it's just not happening every single game. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. And yeah, I, I agree. And like one quick thing, like it kind of reminds me, like looking at like NFL lines this week, it kind of reminds me of the Cowboys against the Chiefs. And what I mean by it is this I've seen the Cowboys play well every single game except one. I've seen the Chiefs have one good game, right? So I kind of look at Ohio State like against Purdue. Yeah, they caught Purdue at the right time coming off that Michigan State win. So again, Ohio State could blow this thing out. Absolutely. 100%. Michigan State could win this game. Like they're, they're good too. So I, I'm with you. I, I, we're playing the points here. We're playing the number and just moving on. So yeah, I think we completely agree on this. Yeah, like in a year of parody, that's what we were supposed to, this year was supposed to be the year of parody. I'm not taking number four to be number seven by 19. I just, I just out of principle. Um, all right. Another morning game. Look, I've been watching a lot of Clemson, Alan. My wife's a Clemson Tiger. I've been watching a ton. And I got to tell you, something's up with Clemson being a four and a half point favorite over number 10, Wake Forest. Wake Forest is the better team. Wake Forest has a better quarterback. Wake Forest has a better offense coordinator. Wake Forest has better skill talent, especially with Justin Ross out for this season. If you want to talk me out of it, that's fine. But I'm, I'm, I'm hammering Wake Forest here. I'm with you. Like it, it really doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Okay, so and I ask you because you you know more uh, about this than I do. So Wake Forest hasn't clinched the ACC championship, right? They've got they to beat to win Clemson this. or yeah. So we're getting them with motivation, mm-hmm. with points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it it that doesn't pass the sniff test to me either. And here's where I go with it too. Clemson could. What's the line at? Four and a half. Four and a half. Uh, the total is 56 and a half. Okay. So four and a half. Clemson could absolutely win this game, right? Sure. Yeah. But what tells me that Clemson's going to go over a field goal, right? Like if we look at these key numbers, three, seven, 10, right? Like it's not like Clemson has been blowing people out. Even if Wake Forest has a bad day, it's not like they're scoring zero. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to pick straight up who wins, but I'm definitely going to ride Wake Forest with the points with you. I think Wake wins. So I certainly obviously think they cover. With a total of 56 and a half, I'm not very good at math, but that means Vegas thinks Clemson's going to score something like 30. 
like 30 to 26. Yeah. And I don't care so, how bad Wake's D is. Clemson scored 30 points twice this year against power five teams. And one of the ones was that absurd defensive cover against Florida. Oh State. God. At the end of the yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. So oh. if, yeah, no, like this just, it's just, it's just not happening. And a few weeks ago, Clemson played Pitt. Wake Forest reminds me of Pitt. Clemson was at Heinz field, even took a lead. Look, they, they can start, maybe they start out strong. Tony Elliott's a good enough OC, script out a good series. How often do you see that? Like by the second quarter, the wheels fall apart. So yeah, go wait here. Go wait, go wait. I, I know you see this, like you do this with Tennessee all the time. The teams that you know, you just feel like you're seeing like on a matrix level, like just like kind of different. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like if you've seen this team week after week after week, like you have an idea. And you know what? You brought up a, a really good point there that I want to highlight really quickly. Like I have what I would call an applesauce brain. Like I'm a dummy. Like I have to like, not literally, like I have to like write these things out. Okay. So you were talking about the total here. You said 56, right? Yeah. Okay. So 56. So eight times seven, 56. So eight touchdowns total. Okay. So now let's just kind of like write out, like, what do we think the score is? If Clemson wins, like, what do you think that final score is? Like, do you think Clemson, you know, puts up 30? I don't no, think so. If, like the numbers don't win, say that. Yeah. If Clemson win, wins Brent Venables put on a master class against Wake Forest and they won yeah. like 20 to 11. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So if Clemson wins this game, I don't I, like we're talking like correlate plays. Like I do not think that the oh, they're not going to win a shootout. Right. Like Wake will win that game. But if it's a tight defensive game, absolutely. Like Clemson has that advantage. So, yeah, like I, I'm with you. Eight touchdowns. With Clemson being the favorite, yeah, it, it, it just doesn't add up to me. I like that. You went just behind the numbers with this. That's that's why you're a pro. Okay, last big <laughs> one. Number three, Oregon at number 23, Utah. Utah is a three-point favorite. This is on at 7.30 Eastern time on ABC. This is like Oregon's. This could be the first of two times these two teams play each other in the next three weeks. I'm going yeah. Oregon. I'm going Oregon. You know, that's a good point that you just said that they could play each other twice in the next three weeks. So I don't think that that necessarily goes into any game plan. Like with the coaches, like it's a good point. I don't think that either of them are talking about it. What I do think is that by watching both of these teams, all right, from a public outsider perspective, people don't realize how good Utah really is, how physical they are. Like they show up looking for a fight, wanting a fight, and will get in a fight. Have no problem doing that. Also, like... Oregon, to the public's eye, quote unquote, has had a quote unquote bad season. I don't think that at all. They're a good football team. Like people saw that win over Ohio State and then they saw that loss against Stanford. They're like, oh, Oregon, like, yes, they're not Georgia. They're not elite. They're a pretty darn good football team. Right. So I I'm with you here. I think I like Oregon. It it this one's a true toss up for me because I like both teams. I, I think that people don't give Utah enough credit. And I certainly think what I was getting at is that people don't give Oregon enough credit. Give me Oregon plus the points. Utah probably wins. I could see it being a really I could see it being an awesome, awesome game that comes down to legit three points or less. Yeah. I look Oregon in the big games. That's like that's what Mario Cristobal lives for. And it frustrates his fan base when they lose the Stanfords or they squeak by against Cal. But they're three and one on the road this year as an underdog. You saw them beat Ohio State. This feels just like kind of when they went to UCLA a few weeks ago. Although granted, Utah is a much tougher place to play than the Rose Bowl. Anthony Brown, their quarterback, has been getting just dunked on all season, but sneaky, like sneaky good player as far as his legs go. And they ran him a lot last week, 17 times for 123 yards and a touchdown against a pretty good Washington state team. And then the other thing is Kayvon Thibodeau is he's 
like Alan, you're an NFL guy. You know, when they talk about the motor, he's the, he's the guy who maybe the motor's a little inconsistent, but when the lights are bright and it's on a big stage, my guy's going to get two sacks. Like he's going to do yeah. something. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going to Oregon. I, I Utah you could win. You're right. Utah. <clears throat> yeah. You're, you're oh right. yeah. We're, we're, I think we're both saying the same thing here. Like I, either of these teams could win would not surprise me one bit. I'm with you. I, I think this is a gut check game. For Oregon, yeah. like I like internally, I think, like you just said, like Cristobal is going to be on those players saying, look, do you want to be top echelon team or do you want to be chumps? We're about to find out. Like Cristobal has some Mike Vrabel in him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's young enough. He looks like he looks like he could play. You know what I mean? So like the players kick our butt. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like they're like, I don't want to let this do down. You know what I mean? And like, I think in college that absolute shoot in the NFL, that's what, like, that's how Vrabel gets those guys going. Right. So yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah. Give me Oregon and the points. And this could be the most fun game of the weekend. So you hosted an hour long early edge episode this week, talking college football. When you finished with that, what were you like, what game were you saying? This is something I like. This is something I want to talk about. What picks do you love this week? So, okay. That, that's a great question. And so there's a couple here. Okay. I have to give it up again to Tom Fornelli because he brought this up and I didn't even think about it. All right. Let's talk about this Virginia Tech Miami. Okay. And specifically the under 55 and a half. Like Virginia Tech is coming out flat, right? Like when teams come, you know, when, when teams fire a head coach, there's, there's two ways to go about it. Either everyone's happy because this guy was a jerk, you know, and the players hated him, the staff hated him, you know, and you get that boost the next week. I don't think that's the case here. Like, I think people really, yeah, they like Fuente. They wanted it to work out. It just didn't work out. So I don't think that there's going to be any boost whatsoever from Virginia Tech. And I also don't think that Miami, even though once they did make the quarterback change, like they've certainly been better. But like, it's not like they're playing, you know, Ole Miss to where Ole Miss is like, I'll, I'll cover the total on my own. Like, we'll just blow you out. Like, I don't think Miami does that, right? So he brought that up, and I was like, man, that's a really good point. Like, I could see that being a low-scoring, just let's get the hell out of this game. Don't want anything to do with it. Uh, I like that play a lot. Yeah, and so in that one, yeah. So you like the under there? Yeah. Under 56. Yeah, yeah Miami, eight-point favorite. They're still, yeah, Manny's still coaching for his job, too. Good defensive effort maybe coming up Saturday. That's a great um, point. Yeah, great point there too. Okay. Would you would you you're an SEC guy? Would you Arkansas at Alabama? Would you even touch this? Alabama's oh. a 20 and a half, 20 and a half point favorite. Alabama's yeah. got the Iron Bowl in a week. So that's a good point too. Okay. Now I'm glad you brought that up. So this is the time where Nick Saban and Alabama, it's it's business time. They know what time it is. They have been around the college football playoffs since the damn thing started. They're not nervous, right? Like this is their time. So I certainly think that you're going to have some of that in it. Now, you look at the numbers. The last two between Alabama and Arkansas, Alabama's outscored them 100 to 10. Now, this is certainly a completely different Arkansas team. So we have to say that. Like those numbers probably don't mean anything whatsoever. But I found it really interesting because sports books, when they put a line out, understand that's not exactly where they think that the game is going to be. It's where they think the public is going to bet. So... When they have teams like Alabama, like the Kansas City Chiefs, like Georgia, where the public just bets them all the time, no matter what. Well, to use a baseball term, they put in a little luxury tax because they know that they could put in a couple extra points in their favor and people will still bet it. Okay, so that's why you always see Alabama on these right right over these key numbers, 21 and a half, 
28 and a half, 35 and a half. They're going to make you take that touchdown and another score because they know that you'll bet it. So all that said, I found it very fascinating that is the line still at 20 and a half? 20 and a half, according to Sportsline. It hasn't moved, my man. It has not moved. And it's under that key number of 21. So what that tells me is that the books actually have this at probably 17 and a half. But they've baked in some points knowing that people are going to bet Alabama regardless. All that said, I think Alabama absolutely covers this one. I think (laughs) that they blast Arkansas. I do. Now, I also think the unders could be a good play in this one because I could see, you know, just some old school Bama wants to run the football. Arkansas tries to keep the ball away. Like I could see some of that. But I could also see Alabama just saying, you know what? Now we play like professionals. We get better each week. We're here. Yeah. Give me Alabama this week. What do you think? Well, and the under, you know, Bama hasn't run the ball that well the last few weeks. And I could see Saban saying, you're going to figure out how to do this yeah. before we go into Jordan Hare Stadium and then have to play Georgia and then play the playoffs. You're going to establish point. the run. You're going to run the damn yeah. ball. Today. Bill O'Brien, you are figuring this out, buddy. Yeah, that's a great run point, man. I agree. The damn ball, Bill. <laughs> um, let me throw, uh, you know, we'll wrap up here at, I got SMU covering 11 and a half at Cincinnati. I got the over two, Alan. Iowa State at Oklahoma, three and a half point favorite are the Sooners. I don't know, man. I, so, I okay. I don't know. No, 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 no. I'm glad, you brought, I'm glad you brought that up, especially Oklahoma. Okay. So most of the time we would fade the hell out of Oklahoma. Flat mm-hmm. spot coming. Just get out of the way. But this number is small. Now, Iowa State, like I got to give them and Matt Camp, like that's the last dude you want to see when he's an underdog because they'll stomp you out. Like they'll win outright. Like that's, you do not want to mess with them. However, this low of it, what'd you say? Three and a half? Three and a half. Yeah. So it was four last night. It's dropped, right? Give me Oklahoma only sheerly because if it's close in the fourth quarter, they can score quick. Oklahoma's not the same Oklahoma we've seen the last five, six, ten years. They're They're not as scary. They're not as scary. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But they're still good enough at a weird number. If this were if this were seven, if this were six and a half or more, I've no way I'm playing Oklahoma. But Mm. a weird number like three and a half. And I know that it's over that key number three of a field goal, but that's too low to mess around for me. Like my heart says Iowa State, but the numbers say don't mess around with Oklahoma because this this number is just way too low. I think I like that. I think I like that, Alan. I'll give you my last one. Look, I got to say, last week, I had a little money on Kansas Kansas money line against Texas. I just got to tell you that. So everyone... right? Every, can you believe that? So now everyone's going to look for the next... I mean, on the heels of a big upset last week, everyone's going to say, what's the next money line sprinkle? Look, I had my eye, Alan, on Auburn versus South Carolina. Auburn, seven and a half point favorite, going to Williams-Brice Stadium. So I reached out to Ted Hyman, our coworker, does great graphics job for 24-7 sports. I said, and Ted went to USC, the Eastern one, South Carolina. The hey, real one. Saying that, the real one. <laughs> I said, Ted, are the Cox covering? And he said, absolutely not. So, and he gave me a little stat, Alan. So Auburn's breaking in backup quarterback, TJ Finley, because Bo Nix is out. And That's and, a kid from LSU, right? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yep. Last year, TJ Finley carved up South Carolina with 17 for 21, 265 yards and two touchdowns. Brian Harson is really good with quarterbacks. He's going to have his backup ready to play. TJ Finley won them a game a few a few weeks ago when he had to come on in relief of Bo Nix and South Carolina can't score. So Ted totally rained on our money line sprinkle parade. And we're instead now going Auburn minus seven and a half as our big lock of the week. The first lock of the week ever this fall on the college football daily. You know, that's fascinating. 
I don't disagree with that. And when you have a new quarterback coming in, like even though they love Bo Nix, right? It's just a natural like shot of adrenaline because it's something new and it's something different. So it's going to go one of two ways. And mostly for the first half, he's either going to come out on absolute fire, right? And Auburn just pours it on and doesn't stop or just no clue. Like nobody's on the same page. Playbooks off. Play calling is off. And you know what? I still don't know if South Carolina is good enough to like take advantage of that. So I agree with you. And, and when everybody on the planet's going to be like, no, there's no way I'm playing Auburn. I'm not touched him. But I think this is actually the time that you do play him. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, mm-hmm. I agree. Like I, agree. I think I agree with you. Yeah. All right. We're going to wrap this up. I, I, one more question though for you. How many SEC East championships for Tennessee and Josh Heibel in the next 10 years? I'm going to let you write out saying something fun about the balls. Well, yeah. So, um, you know, <sighs> minimum Florida, two. If, yeah. If Florida keeps Dan Mullen, uh, they're you no know, kidding. Um, look, <laughs> I think Heibel could do really well. Like I'll put it, I'll put the number. If I were Vegas, I would put, you said in 10 years. Yeah. Well, I would Vegas put, put the, the number, number 0.5. Yeah. I would put it at a half, right? Like that's where you're going to put it. But this offense is a problem for people. And remember, like he lost 30 players to transfers off a roster that fired a coach. Like it wasn't that good. You know what I mean? So like, I think he's a, I think he's an excellent, I think he's the best coach they've had in a while. That's not saying a whole lot, but I think that he is like that good of a coach. He's just going to have to recruit like, and he's going to have to recruit fast. I'm not saying he can't. So yeah, in 10 years, I'll give him one. If he gets one, watch out because like that offense, it doesn't stop. You know what I mean? Like, he wants to keep going, and I think that that offense is good enough to to really screw with people. We'll give him one. It's I took the fun cheap w- answer out. Yeah. We'll give him one. It's been fun watching Tennessee be good. I know you guys deserve like a really fun team to watch after the last few years. So I just want to say that it's it's been. Hey, fun. you know, well, I'll say this. I appreciate that, and I don't think we're gonna get any range ball advertisements or mustard advertisements. Like, I think that's out of the picture. I still want to know where that guy got the mustard bottle because if he went back all the way in the concourse, like the concession stand and then threw it from there, like sign that dude on the team, like put that guy behind Hendon Hooker. It's better like, than Joe Milton. Yeah, yeah, he's got a jo- it, it, it might have been Milton. No, I'm kidding. But like that guy's got a cannon, dude. Like he's got a cannon. Oh, so. Thanks, man. Thanks for dropping by. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate Alan joining us. Follow him on Twitter at Alan Bell 247. Once again, it was a really good time with him. Enjoy week 12. Next week's going to be a little bit different because it's it's week 13. It's our last regular season week. Coaching firings will loom and it's, it's the week where we just focus on one of those, you know, two or three really great rivalry games. So this might feel like our last normal week of the college football season. Our producer, Lance Glenn, did a great job putting this long episode together. Thank you, Lance. And uh, Rutgers at Penn State on Saturday. Go Rutgers. My name is Trey Scott. Have a great week 12. We'll talk to you on Monday for winners and losers on the next edition of the College Football Daily. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.